Wow, it's almost a month since stay-at-home orders were issued for the hardest-hit states in America, and over three months since the first COVID-19 case was diagnosed in Seattle. And through this roller coaster ride, we have seen all of humanity humbled by nature's ability to inflict mass casualties, disrupt economies, and expose our vulnerabilities. In this episode, we take a look at the havoc COVID-19 has inflicted on our economy, discuss a few realities and expectations, as we brace for impact and prepare to get our economy back to work. Much of what we discuss applies to many industries, but with a specific focus on the cannabis economy. This is the first in a two-part show, so follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at Jamrock Organics to be notified when part two drops. See more details in the show notes. I hope you enjoy the show as much as we enjoy bringing it to you. I'm your host, Garth Case, alongside my partners in all things green, Odain Gabe and Andre Brown. And this is The Real Green Show. Whatcha? Hey, tell them as any to represent it. Jamrock Organics, them have the best thing. Many Samarijuana. Jamrock Organics, tell them we say. have the best legal and medicine marijuana. We grow natural from the earth by the farmer. Jamrock Organics, them are the best. Them producing some of the purest cannabis. Are the best legal and medicine marijuana. Grow natural from the earth by the farmer. Jamrock Organics, them are the best. Them producing some of the purest cannabis. Hey, what's going on, fellas? Hey, G, what's going on? How are you? Good man, you know, still um, sheltering in place, doing the quarantine thing like everybody else is. How about you? I'm good. I'm good. Dre, you there? I am here, guys. How are you guys doing? Uh, same, same old, same old. <laughs> you know, trying to uh, do what's best for this uh, society, staying home. Well, I think you're fine, O. You and I are fine because, you know, we're single guys. Uh, I'm more concerned about the chief right there with the family. <laughs> yeah listen man it's it's definitely tough when you have um kids and they want to be out with their friends and hang out and, and do these things and you have to get them focused on kind of what's best for everybody right which is you know to do what we're being told and um and try to minimize the spread you know um obviously it's been proven that uh no one is immune right any anybody can get this thing and um you know while you might recover you also might not so, uh, you know, it's just one of those things that you're better off trying your best not to to get it at all. So, yeah, it's been it's been hitting home for me um, a little bit closer and closer. You know, a couple of people I've I've known, um, you know, my association has has gotten it, and man, it's it's definitely something you don't want to get. It's it's a terrible ordeal, and if you get on the other side of this, man, it's 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 you know, you've just got to be grateful. Yeah, it's true. I mean, you guys know that I had an aunt that, you know, passed away last week or from the whole thing. And um, but what's even getting closer to me now is two of my neighbors have it. So there's extra quarantine going on. Certain buildings are being, you know, quartered off. And, you know, so it's it's really, really, really hitting home for me. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely understand that. All of us will know people are close to us that are impacted without question you know and that's kind of the way it works right no matter how you look at it um we're going to be impacted by this hopefully you know not directly but you know there's always going to be some impact 
And that's kind of what we're talking about today, right? Is the, the name of our episode is Brace for Impact, right? Um, recovering from COVID-19. And when I think about that, you know, when we think about it, it's really more about thinking about it from a business standpoint, an economic standpoint, and not so much from a health standpoint, even though that's a huge factor, right? Uh, and but the health we're going to be focused on in today's episode really relates to the health of our economy, the health of our businesses, and what does it mean to come out from all of this, you know? And, and so that said, I'm going to kind of jump right into it. And, you know, I had some thoughts that I wanted to share with you guys uh, and get your feedback, get your, your thoughts, and, and, and also allow the folks that listen to us to to understand what this could potentially mean as it relates to business. Now, there are some things that we've seen already, right? Um, this is having a huge impact onto our economy as it relates to our productivity. A lot of people have lost jobs and uh, the cannabis industry has not been immune from that, right? Um, even though it was deemed as an essential um, service by some, by most, I should say, uh, it still is not immune, right? It, it's still been impacted uh, primarily because the rest of the economy is, right? And how the economy works is people have to make money to spend it. So, um, you know, when we think about the fact that there are so many companies that are out there and most cannabis companies, quite honestly, are not cash rich. They don't have a lot of liquidity, right? They're not sitting on a... On a a mountain of cash they need to make money to keep their operations running and of course there's no government bailout so you know that said you know what do you guys think the about the situation as it relates to liquidity and you know and cannabis is cannabis companies not having money and what our government might be able to do for them well, we already know that um, cannabis companies as a whole um, you know the legal ones um, they face a lot of um, liquidity issues. Um, their margins are very small due to the high taxes that they have to pay, along with the um, the competitors, the unregulated market that you know seem to be a thorn in a lot of these um, recreational states' uh, side. So you know, I don't see many cannabis companies coming out for the. The, the better um it's it's going to 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 impact a lot of these companies in a severe way especially the longer this goes on absolutely i agree how about you dre what do you think uh, yeah i'm in agreement with that all um the additional thing that i see too though is that it will it will definitely weed out a number <laughs> pun intended um weed out a number of of players that are in the game um the ones that you see that will have the more solid business plan more solid forecast um, are the ones that are kind of surviving right now. But, you know, as, as O pointed out, you know, we have so many restrictions upon us in the recreational market because of the unregulated market. You know, they can virtually do whatever they want. In, in some instance, they probably are cash, you know, have a lot of cash on hand um, because they don't do any banking and stuff like that. So it, it might be affecting them a lot less than it is affecting us in the regulated market. Um, but I think it will, you know, it's, it's going, it's, it's hitting us, it will hit us, but it will force a correction in how we approach and how we manage our business moving forward. Yes, yeah. I agree. 
There's one more point to add. I, I think, um, uh, you know, when I think about, um, especially these Canadian companies with um, these large backends, the constellations and the uh, the canopies, I think they'll they'll come out um, okay. But the rest, um, I'm not so sure. When you think about the med men, you know, of the world that uh, that have, you know, where we're currently you know neck deep in in debt and you know s selling a bunch of their their facilities their existing facilities to to gain um, liquidity you know these you know a lot of major companies that try to to really um blaze a trail here uh probably won't come out of it alive yeah no i definitely agree with some great points uh, and above all, there's no bailout from our government for the cannabis industry, right? They, you know, they, we don't qualify. Um, and, uh, you know, that's interesting. Like I said, you know, here it is, you're being deemed essential in a crisis, but um, you're not essential enough to qualify for a bailout, right? And, and, and that, that's actually very, very troubling and points to a much bigger problem um, that we'll need to face as, you know, we kind of come back into some kind of normal right um and then you know obviously we're not the only ones impacted across this um you know this issue or this crisis um supply chains across the board are you know if, if you're a cannabis company and you rely on a packager you know that packager might also be going out of business right because they're not able to sustain your business uh, or didn't have the cash to do so during this process and had to let go off people and and so on or you know fail to be able to even pay their their lease on their properties and so on so there's a lot of ripple effects here you know so i, I know you guys are aware of any other industries or any other things that are related to supply chain um, that are being disrupted yes absolutely i saw a report this morning where meat uh the meat industry both um chicken pork and beef are having severe issues now. Um, a couple, um, a couple of employees came down with the coronavirus, um, which has really caused them to shut down their factories. So you know that that's the one thing about what's going on is that it's it's debilitating for everyone because it's it's forcing everything to you know to come to a full stop. I mean these factories, you know, literally they have to shut them down. Um, the inventory that they had, you know, the, 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 the animals that they had already slaughtered and were packaging, they had to discard everything. So that's an additional cost for them, an additional loss for them. And, you know, we at the opposite end now, you know, we have the opportunities to go to the supermarket, but there's, there's nothing there. Yeah, Dre, I've heard about that. I've heard about, um, I think it's in uh, North Dakota and Nebraska. Um, there were a couple companies there that, um, you know, the workers were were being infected and yet the, the, the powers that be still had them working there. So now, you know, those states have, you know, experienced a, a massive explosion in, in uh, coronavirus cases. And I, I think it, it's, it's, you know, it's interesting how, um, you know, different states are dealing with this. Um, you know, you, you, you think that, you know, the, 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 the global landscape, you know, should show a lot of these places, you know, the, the, the real impacts of this virus. And, you know, there's, there's still so many places that really, they, I don't know if they feel like they're invincible or what, but, you know, they're, they're, they really are taking a risk with not only their employees, but the, the, the locals in that state. 
Yeah, I agree. I, th I think what you're witnessing is a, a serious failure in leadership and a massive amount of ignorance, right? Um, and the leadership piece, I blame for the ignorance, quite honestly, right? That's so true, yeah. You know, um, you know and that comes from in the very top, right? Um, you know, all the way down to the people who are local in local government, um, just not doing what they need to do or should be doing uh, and recognizing that what's happened to so many is possible to happen to them. You know, this virus does not discriminate. And, and so it's, it's surprising that people are having difficulty understanding that um, and putting you know, people's lives um, and just overall livelihoods at risk. Uh, you know, and so, you know, what we're seeing, lots of layoffs, lots of um, salary reductions and, and efforts, you know, in cost cutting, right? The idea here is if you don't have cash, you got to reduce cost. Um, and I think more and more and more of that are going to start happening. You know, people are going to be focused heavily on necessities and not luxuries, you know, and, and that's going to cause a very, I think, big change in the midterm. Um, around how we look at business. Any thoughts from you guys? Absolutely. Um, here in Florida, we're actually seeing, you know, one of the biggest employees in the United States, um, Disney. Disney, they carried, in fact, I have two of my neighbors here who actually do engineering for Disney. And, um, you know, they, they reduced their salaries for a little bit. And then they actually were, for, were fur furloughed at, you know, early this week. Um, so we see even the massive companies having to make drastic cut, drastic cuts, um, not just in salaries, um, but, you know, across the board. Um, some of them are giving severance packages where they're not even going to furlough them. They're not going to bring them back, which indicate which is an indicator that they're going to, you know, looking beyond um, the, 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 the pandemic that, you know, they're they're looking to restrict um, you know, their, their staffing and how they use their staffing. So they're, you know, they're cutting costs right across the board. Yeah, that's true. I, uh, you know, even in the, the, the cannabis industry, you see the same thing, um, especially here in Michigan. There's, there's been a lot of companies, um, even, you know, you know, you guys know that I'm doing a small grow here at home and, um, you know, going to the hydroponics store, you have to wait outside. <laughs> to 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 get your stuff they you know you place your order you wait outside and they fulfill it there so you know they, 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 there's gonna be a, a massive cut in the labor force um that that's 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 able to to, to facilitate this and you know you 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 wonder you know how can a cannabis company come back from this and you know it, it, it will just take a, a massive amount of time i think and you know again only the strong really will come out of this yeah you're right you know i, I think as a tactic many companies um and of course we were doing the same thing you have to restructure your balance sheet right you have to relook at you know kind of your debts and kind of where you're making your money and and begin to look at suppliers and start negotiating right you need to renegotiate terms um, in order to keep your business afloat 
uh, you know, I think most people right now are in the mood to negotiate because they're worried about their futures too. And so the goal is, you know, by doing so, reaching a place where, you know, you can get to a point where it's equitable enough for you both to move forward, you know. So, you know, companies really should be thinking about restructuring their, um, their current leases deals and so on in this um, space, particularly because there's no bailout coming. So it's incumbent upon us to to get to work and, uh, you know, save our businesses. It's the only way, right? You know, and, and if you have, if you're sitting on inventory and you're not able to move it, you need to start looking at liquidation options, right? You got to start figuring out how will you move the inventory that you're sitting on, um, you know, especially knowing that in the future, more than likely, you'll find a severe cut in demand, which will push the price down, right, of your product. So you need to try and get it sold quickly for a reasonable price and get as much cash um, in as possible to keep your doors open, right? Even though you might not have great supply, keep your doors open and keep your lights on, right? And make sure you have the cash to do so. Especially when you when you take the black market, I mean, the unregulated market into consideration here, you know a lot of people are um, going. Back, especially you know again Michigan, who's had a thriving um, you know caregiver market for the past ten years, you know I think a lot of people are going to go back to that model because one it's something they're familiar with and two they don't have to deal with the high taxes that are associated with dealing with a uh, a licensed um, provider so you know you'll see a bunch of people going back to the to the to the methods that they're familiar with and that they're comfortable with you know quite frankly and that's true and and that also feeds into you know falling consumer demand i mean the reality of it is whilst the current environment is actually good for you know for for cbd and and for cannabis use because of the stress and the anxiety the, the fact of the matter is is that people just have less disposable income so you know they have to take a hard look at you know well what are the necessities you know what 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 can i afford to get today and again this is going to as you you correctly said oh give the unregulated market uh, a shoe up here because you know they don't have the various different costs and taxes that we do so they can adjust their pricing um you know to get rid of their inventory so the the the, the, the falling consumer demand is something that you know we have to be very concerned about yeah this is such a good point um and many aren't looking at it many aren't understanding this rolling kind of domino effect impact right um that the consumer now will be placed you know um in the middle of of how to make decisions around you know these necessities like food and so on and and can they put cannabis in that and if they do um then they're going to be looking for the best value um and the best value might come from um the unregulated street market right and and that is the the reality of 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 what could happen here, um, you know, and maybe goes towards what is happening now. Now, the, the regulated market was always a big problem for for us, um, and you know, it was just a, a time, um, I think, a waiting game, so to speak, of chipping away and chipping away and, and beginning to get consumers to understand um, the risks they take by going to the street market. 
Um, and now um, it's going to be even worse, you know? And, and so when we think about how cannabis is sold today, right? There needs to be some fundamental changes. We have to really look at this marketplace. We have to work with our state um, legislators and, and make sure they understand that in order for this to be successful, we have to change the model. We have to look at, at how we expand the model to be more like any other retailer, right? The term that's used generally is this idea of omni-channel, which means we are able to move our products or sell our products in a way um, that suits or meets the consumer demand, right? So things like delivery, right, is going to be critical. We've seen where some um, dispensaries have had to do curbside, right? Obviously because we don't want people into your facility, we're trying to maintain some social distancing. Will that change? I think not. So, you know, that's my initial impression or thought. What do you guys think? You're absolutely right. And, um, you know, we've had this mentality for a while where we, we're, we're, we're very forward thinking when it comes to this, um, you know, this, this whole brick and mortar model um, doesn't make sense for a long term, especially when you think about the cost the overhead costs that are associated with even maintaining, you know, a, a facility like that, um, you know, <laughs> it's as quickly as it comes, I think it will go, um, because the, you know, with the the rise of this 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 um, this virus, I think um, consumer behavior has to change, and you know, that opens a, a whole new market you know, that we've been pushing for a long time, that delivery model, um, I think no, um, the powers that be will really have to take this seriously and to figure out a way to, to, to make this uh, more widely available to consumers. You're spot on, spot on. Um, and, and the thing about it too is that we've just kind of been preparing for this. You know, we, I, we, I, I started using Amazon this year for the first time and just in terms of the level of convenience, but now with the pandemic in place, it, it, it really is, is, has opened my eyes and I think it will to, to you know, to, in general to the global, to global consumers that, you know, we need to limit contact. And the reality of it is that the, the internet being what it is, um, you know, websites, everything there, everything is there and it's available and you can have access to it without having interaction with a human being. So I think there's definitely going to be a shift moving forward where, you know, the delivery system and it's something that we've been a proponent from of, of from the beginning, um, you know, for the cannabis industry, the delivery system, it just makes absolutely totally more sense um, if we were to segue and or, or move to that type of 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 of, of delivery and, and adapting the delivery to what we're doing, you know, it, it will also bring down a lot of our operational costs. You know, so from a, an economic standpoint, it, it's good for us in the cannabis industry to really kind of push that agenda. Yes, absolutely. You know, delivery and online is, I think, uh, you know, this next frontier for us. Um, the thing that's holding us back, um, maybe two things. Um, one, there's a lot of friction around the technological platforms, right? Like payment platforms, for instance. So you can envision that, you know, many people are going to move to a touchless payment 
type system, like where you're not handing someone a credit card or cash or whatever, you know, um, you're going to be using some of these things that are more available, like Apple Pay via your phone or whatever, you know, where you just wave your phone in front of, um, you know, a device and it, you pay, right? It's, it's touchless. And so more and more people, I think, are going to want to look for that bit of convenience where they feel safer now knowing that that's the case and they look for establishments that are um you know you know embracing that right because it's taking a safety kind of um, first approach i think though over time we're going to also see a lot of new regulations right um about how it is that we need to take precautions in this industry to ensure that um, things are being cleaned in a particular way uh, and, you know, just overall environmental operating practices. And I think there'll be some guidelines that a lot of businesses, including cannabis businesses, will need to adhere to. Um, and that translates to very one big thing, cost, right? In order to take on any new regu regulatory um, state uh, that's being mandated in particular, it requires cost to take it on. And so that's always a very, very big challenge. And, and we're already talking about being cash strapped, um, many of these businesses, and how are they gonna be able to take on a new process when they don't have the money to do it? Uh, the chances are they might violate that, right? And, and end up um, hurting more people. So, you know, that's also a big concern, right? Is what is that gonna look like kind of in the, in the future as we move forward here? But, um, but I agree with you guys. I think it's important to look at these new operating models, figure out e-commerce, let's figure out delivery. But it's really the government that is holding or tying our hands. That's true. And um, to, to your point in, in terms of, you know, changing the way people operate and how a business will, will manage um, consumers, you know, I think, I, I think about... Um, restaurants and uh, stadiums and lounges and all of that type of stuff and, and how they will kind of have to adjust after all of this you know what will a stadium look like after this you know will, will it be like you said you know will it be two seats apart for everybody uh, will it be sanitizing before you enter um, will will there be you know for restaurants will there be uh, a more uh, strict uh, maybe uh, reservation schedule or, or something of the sort there, there there's so many um, aspects here that you know uh, that that will change the world really will look different for us in a lot of ways after this is over I agree dude one of the things that I think about is like what is dating going to look like? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you talk about going to stadiums and concerts and movies and stuff like that. You know, how, how do you approach a conversation, you know, with the opposite sex anymore or the same sex, depending on, you know, what you pref your preference is. But, you know, as you said, it, there's, there's just, there's going to be a, parad a paradigm shift in how we do things. Social distancing is now here to stay. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I got a very funny visual in my mind just now as you were talking that everyone is required to wear a mask uh, and gloves uh, until we have a vaccine properly. Let's assume that will be the case, right? And, and, and that will be the norm, uh, you know, to prevent the spread and maybe prevent this thing from coming back in force, right? 
wow, how do you really interact? <laughs> you know, you know, it's it's tough to make out. You don't know what your significant other will look like. <laughs> That's true. No matter how she tries to doll it up, or or the guy tries to doll it up, you still look the same. You got a mask on. <laughs> you know. And at, and at what point do you have your first kiss? You know, do you have to present a certificate of of that you received? You know, a vaccination or uh, what does that look like? Yeah, it, it, listen, there are lots of unknowns that we're about to walk into. You know, it's good that we can make light of it because it's important that we recognize that it's just never going to be the same, not for a very, very long time. And in the reality of what we're going through now is look at it like a, a dress rehearsal, right, for what is possible in the future, right? You know, no one thought we could go into a lockdown like we have now in this day and age it seems you know almost impossible would have been a word probably that i might have used um a few months ago but now it is here and it's happening right and and the entire world is on lockdown so you know this is a global problem and that's something that we didn't really talk about much at the very top of this you know it's a global problem that requires a global solution right it's not something that america or the cannabis industry or any specific individual can solve themselves it requires all of us and we all have to be on one side one side and that side is how do we get back to the norm how do we get back to some place where we can all accept as being um you know livable right and we know lockdown is just not livable then the the, the, the thing that i think about too you know coming from that is 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 travel and travel bans and you know what what as you you know correctly said you know it's a global issue it's a global problem it's going to require global solutions what what will that look like you know when we have to go to in the cannabis industry we have to do a lot of traveling you know what are going to be the restrictions around that you know will we be able to go you know to jamaica and oh well because you went to jamaica now you can't go to canada you know, it, 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 it's, it, there's, there's just so many moving variables right now. Um, but, you know, there has to be some serious planning. And as you said, G, it, it, it has to be global. Yeah, yeah that's true. Um, when you think about travel, especially, I think, um, you know, we, we, we have to adopt some type of universal um, regulation or method in terms of how we'll combat, um, you know, the, the, the rise, the possible rise of this thing again. I think um, airplanes, trains, buses, however people travel, there it has to be some type of universal regulation that says this is how you do this. You have to abide by it or you face some type of penalty or something of the sort because you know when you talk about travel like you know different cultures and different people have so many different ways of dealing with this you know you, you look at places like um you know i saw this video a couple of days ago of of of, of 
every worker going through some type of sanitizing bath. I'm not sure what country it was, but like there was literally a stand where people were just walking as normally as they could, and there was this fine mist just covering them, and they were being sanitized as they were going into their, their place of work. And I'm like, wow, you know, how come the U.S. hasn't <laughs> thought about something <laughs> like that? You know, so, you know, people are going to do things differently. So I think there has to be some type of, of, of strict regulation across the board that will help to mitigate, you know, future issues. Yeah. Well, in your case, I, I think you probably want it fragranced, right? So it, it smells good. <laughs> you know I mean? So, you know, uh, you before know, they you spray think, you. <laughs> Go ahead. You think we have lines at the airport now, you know, wait, wait until we see what happens after this. Yeah, it's going to, listen, a lot is going to change. And that's the point. That's the point we want to drive home. Um, you know, as we begin to wrap here, there'll be a part two to this conversation, obviously, because it's a, it's it's evolving, right? And we have some thoughts about, you know, how we can come together, how we can solve, help solve um, this problem as an industry, um, how we can help those who are in, um, you know, a very very tough space, and we, we're going to share that in our next episode. But the thing I'd like to close on, guys, is it's really about we touched on it a bit this idea of planning and preparation, right? No one, I think, really understood that this could be at this scale. Everyone knew that it's possible to have a, um, an epidemic or, or even a pandemic. We've had them in the past. Um, but to the scale that this one has moved and the speed, uh, I don't think we could have predicted it, that it would have been this bad. And so as a business, right, the one thing I would say, you know, and how it changes or makes me really rethink how we approach our business is that we must have a pandemic plan. We must have a crisis plan, a plan that says, well, what if we are not able to operate, right? One that includes the financial side of things too. That says, how much cash should we have on hand? Thank God we're not in that, you know, um, need at the moment, right? But, you know, another one of these occur or another couple of these occur, who knows what happens, right? You think you have to now build into your, um, your overall strategic plan for your, for your, um, or your operating plan, I should say, not so much strategic, but operating plan your you know pandemic and crisis plan right you know when you're in, in the cannabis industry you're asked to provide a security plan you're asked to provide a community plan you're asked to provide all these different plans but none of them talk about business continuity right which is what i'm talking about how do we keep running business how does how do we keep supplying our customers Right. And I think as business people, it's our responsibility to have that solution um, ready and practice it and understand it and know where its weaknesses are, know how to turn it on when. Right. Um, we saw, again, like we talked about earlier, some states and even the country overall reacting late to this. Right. Which I think caused a lot of people to lose their lives and us to be in this situation that we're in because. If we knew this a few months ago, you know, maybe we would have been able to to act faster, right? Lock down quicker, do what we need to do to not be where we are now. And so that is uh, a byproduct of planning, right? And if we had done that and had strong decision making, I think we would not be where we are today. Uh, but that to me is going to be important in our decision making process going forward. You guys have any thoughts on that? Without question, um, 
you know, as they say, you know, people don't plan to fail, they fail to plan. And um, one of the things that I feel really good about us here at Jamrock is that, you know, we do an, an enormous amount of planning. Um, we always look ahead of the curve. And, um, but, you know, clearly everything you said is, is right on point. There has to be a plan in place for eventualities like this. It's, it's a new age, it's a new world. All I've got to say is, um, you know, the quote, hindsight is always 2020 let's just hope that going forward we keep that 2020 vision because um 2020 looks like it's going to be a very rough year for a lot of people <laughs> and and on and on into the future 2021 you know I, again we are being forced to take a very hard look at everything everything guys your existence um, our meaning, our businesses, our financial system, you know, every single thing is now under a microscope to a certain degree. Uh, and we have to recognize that. I know it sounds a bit doomsday-like to say that, but in reality it is. We have to recognize now is if we're ever going to make a change, we're ever going to adjust and, and build for the future, this is the reset. This is the point by which we can now say, hey, listen, what we thought was not possible is, right? And the word impossible really, truly probably should not be in a dictionary, right? If you can conceive of it, it can happen. And God knows we've seen enough movies that told us this could happen. <laughs> I was just going to say that. <laughs> you know, so you know, the idea here is is really understanding where, where we are, but more importantly, laying out some kind of strategy for how we will recover and how we will maintain and how we'll, you know, make up for the lost momentum, right? Because as an industry, we've lost some huge momentum here. You know, as it relates to legality, it's a huge momentum killer, right? God knows what will happen in the upcoming elections, right? Around cannabis and all these different states who, are, who have it on the ballots to go legal, you know, it, it, it might not pass in a, in a lot of states who knows you know there's a lot of momentum that has been lost and and you know i you know it, it, it concerns me but you know we worry about what we can control right and what we can control is our own businesses our own lives and and we can be constructive and be a part of the solution and the rebuilding um and not to be a part of the destruction um side of it right you know that's the important thing let's figure out a way that we end up building this together not doing it in isolation i can't stress that enough and that's kind of what our next um you know show will be about is is how we do this together because isolation is only in the case of this lockdown and stopping the spread right isolation does not get us out of this problem right it only gets deeper that's so true that's so true well said man all right. yeah, and, I, and the good thing is, too, is that um, those of us in the cannabis industry, we, we do have a, a track record and a profile of, of working with each other. Um, because, again, we've been working together to get this whole thing legal, to, to educate people as to, you know, the, its uses, its benefits, etc. Um, so I think the foundation in the, in the cannabis industry is there. But, you know, we have to beef it up a little bit. But you're 100 percent correct. Right. So on that note, guys, um, we're going to wrap for this one. We'll be back next week with a, another episode where, we're, again, we'll, we'll definitely keep this theme because it's the most important theme at the moment is recovery and how do we get back to some new normal. 
Uh, I thank you guys for participating as always. Um, it's always a pleasure to have you guys um, you know, give us your thoughts and I'm sure our, our listeners do appreciate it too. So thank you. All right. Take care. All right, guys. guys it's been real as always. Thank you. I, I, th I thought today was a great show and I look forward to next week. All right. Fantastic, guys. Stay safe. What's up, everybody? You've just listened to The Real Green Show brought to you by Jamrock Organics. If you enjoyed the show today, please support us by sharing the podcast or leaving us a review. To learn more about us, check us out at jamrockorganics.com. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on our show, email us at wecare at jamrockorganics.com. Last but not least, please don't take any of the information you get on this show from the hosts or guests as medical legal or financial advice. Speak with the appropriate licensed professional. At times, we will share promotional information and provide commercial reviews of products. We will always disclose when we are paid or if any of our discussions are investment related. Thanks for listening to the show. Peace and love, my friends. Medicine marijuana, Jamrock Organics tell them we have the best legal and medicine marijuana. We grow natural from the earth by the farmer. Jamrock Organics, them are the best. Them producing some of the purest cannabis. Are the best legal and medicine marijuana. Grow natural from the earth by the farmer. Jamrock Organics, them are the best. Them producing some of the purest cannabis.